Welcome to Special One Cards Podcast, a weekly podcast on the soccer market, soccer cards. We talk about prospects, we talk about products, and we look at some data to help you make some buying decisions for the future. Hosted by me, Paulo, on a weekly basis. Look for special guests occasionally. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, at Special One Cards. Looking forward to interacting with all of you. Episode 27, guys. Welcome to another edition of Special One Cards. I'm your host, Paulo. Um, the more and more I think about this, I you know I may have to go to and do some rebranding of sorts. Uh, there's an eBay seller out there with the same name as me, so there's, sometimes there's confusion. So it's something I might have to think about. I'm not sure yet, but I want to kind of, and again, I apologize, delays in episodes and all this great stuff. Hopefully I can try to get consistent again. Um, and I'm not sure if I will be uploading. We are doing an interview with a guest um, and I'm still waiting uh, to kind of get that done uh, with somebody. So don't want to name his name yet, but uh, we do have an interview for this episode. If, in fact, it gets done on time, uh, I am recording this on uh, Wednesday. Uh, this most likely will come out Friday, depending on if I get that guest on or not. Uh, anyways, few few uh, things I wanted to uh, talk about. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, in terms of the hobby. We had some product release uh, this week. We had Select La Liga. I'll be honest, I haven't looked over the checklist. I haven't uh, looked at any breaks. I haven't watched any breaks quite yet. I just haven't really studied the product. From what I've seen thus far in terms of uh, pictures and things of that nature, it looks like a great product. Uh, cards look really nice and beautiful. Um, whether or not, I don't think, it, whether or not it warrants that price tag, I'm not sure. I think this might be the case of a possible kind of uh, dip, I would say, as uh, if you remember a few years ago when EPL Prism came out for the first time, those price, those boxes were like 800 at release and they dropped quite a bit. So if you can hold on, I would wait until um, maybe another month, a month and a half uh, to buy into that stuff. Um, I think that's probably best case scenario for people. Uh, and then again, you have the gamble prices going up. But with the soccer market doing what it's doing, I don't see that happening. Um the really cool stuff that's in that product, the Zidane autos, obviously, are something that everybody wants to chase. I, you know, I want a Kaboom from Donruss. Um, so that's a cool product. Uh, Topps flagship came out again this week. I actually ripped a box, but personal myself, uh, local shop had it. Um, I got a really good price on it. It was like 58 bucks or whatever. I ripped it in, in, in store. Obviously, um, quick few thoughts on it, um, you know, Overall, let me let me give you my overall take on it. I wouldn't buy it um, for the pure fact if you think you're going to make like try to make money off of a box or not. I just wouldn't do it. Uh, I, I don't just don't see the opportunity there. The cards are nicely designed, uh, but again, I'd rather save the money and buy first edition with that money. And granted, first edition is probably three x the price of what you're going to get it, or two x maybe a little two and a half x. Um, flagship, but I think you have to go with first edition there or wait until Chrome. Uh, if you're like me and you like to have some paper stuff, uh, then by all means, have fun. It's a cheap rip. It's fun. Uh, that's the most important part. But if you're looking to make money, I don't think that's going to really kind of um, supply that, I would say. 
you know, looking at early sales data on that stuff, it's just not, uh, it doesn't look good um, in terms of what you're looking at. Um, even like low numbered stuff, it, it just doesn't. The the SPs in that uh, set are pretty good. Um, the image variations, I like those cards, even though there isn't really a, let's say, uh, a cost or excuse me, a, a numbered, um, a numbered uh on the card they're still sp so those are important uh so i mean in terms of the case it's you do have those uh perfection tens which are in there they're die cuts they're really cool cards i liked last year's i think i like this year's better uh just to give you a quick idea a messy recently sold um for 85 dollars the case it the messy perfection die cut uh out of this year so it looks like those are cards people may want they are really hard to grade. I graded a Modric last year. It came back like an eight or an eight and a half. I can't even remember. Uh, didn't do as well as I'd like to do it. Some of these Starball um, out of that stuff, again, I would stick with first edition. Haven't really seen many sales in terms of um, what we're looking at from that, that set. You have um, some of the SP variations that Anthony, I think, spoke for 50. You had a... Um, uh, Ronnie Bardiahaji, I think I pronounced his name right, so for 100. Uh, so there are some stuff that's coming out of it that might uh, represent some value. Uh, the Icy Aqua Zaniolo sold for $12. So, you know, if you get the box cheap, uh, why not? You know, 60 bucks, 65 bucks, I think is a pretty fair price on that stuff. I'm not sure I would pay 70 like a lot of shops want. I just don't see the value in that. Um, you know, so... Take that into consideration for whatever it's worth. Uh, you know, on eBay, the boxes are going for 69 bucks. Um, if you minus your kind of fees out of eBay, you're looking, you know, let's say take away 15% on that or so. Um, just try not to pay over 60, 65 bucks for the box. That's what I'm going to tell you. I just don't see the value in them. The the tops 59, like, they did a really cool thing, though. They did add these, like, 1959 tops uh, kind of um, – parallels i could call them right uh, of players which are really cool for those that know uh baseball 1959 i love that set it's a really cool set uh they basically took that design and used it for a few soccer cards so that's something to consider to look at i think those are generally uh pretty cool cards especially if you're a collector if you have stuff that you're you're kind of collecting and putting away then by all means um do it one of the things I'm seeing, though, there is opportunity in first edition right now. I would say a lot of the of tens, the black foils, I'm seeing a lot of them selling for under a hundred bucks. I think that presents a really great opportunity for people, uh, especially if you can grade those out to nines or tens. Those black foils are really nice. Out of that, um, I do think, you know, generally, I think those are undervalued. Uh, if that's the word I want to use, or underappreciated. I think eventually first edition will do well. Uh, I had somebody comment uh, this week on Instagram stating that uh, first edition values will crash again like they did last year. I don't think they really crashed. If you saw, if you look at recent numbers on what um, a one of one did, some of those one of ones still command a good, again, it's a one of one though. So it's kind of um, a number to look out for, but you look at uh, the one of one, and I think this was rated Rodney's card actually, if you're not following him on, uh, Instagram, please do. But there was a one of one. He had a Lucas Susic, wasn't even graded. 
Um, and if I remember correctly, I think that sold uh, for, what was it? Let me look here. I'm trying to remember here what he sold that for. Uh, it was on eBay. Um, but uh, let's see. I think it was right around 1200 bucks. I mean, that's pretty healthy for that card. Uh, I have a Conte Sound PSA 9 in the slab. Um, one of one. Um, you know, what's the value on that? I, it's probably around the Susage value because... Mine's graded. And the other thing is that PSA 9s generally right now are going for what uh, Raw sell for. So that's something to consider too. So I'm still a strong believer in first edition. Um, again, this rookie class is not loaded like we've seen before in 2020. We have a rookie class that's, um, you know, is going to need some time, obviously. The kind of the big chase, I think, and this is Garnacho and Santiago Jimenez. Uh, but, you know, I think you have to be patient. The soccer market is at a... It's infancy stage. I know I've said this many times before. We can't expect our soccer prospects to do what they do in other sports. It's just not the case. Think about this for a second. You have baseball. You know, Baltimore's got this catcher. If you follow baseball, Adley Rushman, he's got a flagship uh, in their flagship product this year in Tops. Uh, PSA 10 rookie is doing consistently 40 to 50 bucks base. Okay, if you spend 19 to grade, you acquire the card, whatever. Uh, out of a pack, bam, you can make money really quick on that. We can't do that in the soccer market. We just don't have that understanding yet of what that means. And we don't have that collector base like baseball does. Granted, soccer is the biggest sport in the world. We just don't have that collector base quite yet. So you have to be patient. Again, I talk about this all the time and being patient and holding cards for as long as you possibly can. It's important to do that for a few reasons, obviously long-term kind of investability, long-term gains, or even long-term losses at the end of the day. I mean, I have cards that I have that I am sitting on because they're younger players who haven't quite broken into the squad. A good example could be Fabio Vieta. You know, I've sold off some of his higher-numbered stuff and kept the lower-numbered stuff, the gold 50s. I've kept those. Um, if you're not a lot into a card, like I've said in the past, and I've hearkened on this even when the market was strong, if you go into a card at the low end where there's low risk and you slab it and you know at 19 bucks or 15 bucks whatever the special is going on right now you have an you have a very big opportunity to hold a card that may have some pretty good value in the future now if you think about that for a second and you look at your where your bank account matures at like right now i think there's some banks are offering 4.28 4.20% api on your money you know, if you translate that to you throw a hundred bucks in the bank, you get $104 a year from your bank. Okay. Now, if you buy a slab at 19 bucks, or if you, you know, grade a card at 19 bucks and you, you know, one of the rookies from, you know, let's say Santiago Jimenez, right. You get the, let's say you get a low number of 50 of 25, whatever the case may be uh, out of a break, you know, you're into the card for the $19 grading a year from now comes um, and he pops off. Maybe he goes to Benfica. Like I'd like want him to, and he goes to Benfica, starts really well. That card all of a sudden is a $200 card or $150 card. You made more money than you would at your bank. So you have to start thinking that way. You have to take some of the lessons you may have learned in the financial industry and understand how things are working and why they're important um, to work that way in those other industries and how you can apply them here. So start being a little more critical of what you're doing. Um, and you probably have seen me, I've sold some Felix stuff off recently. That's because I've upgraded. I haven't displayed what I got yet or what I'm getting uh, for, I just haven't done it yet. So 
Um, some of the stuff I do sell is to upgrade uh, some of those cards because I love those cards, but I need to upgrade those cards to get to another level. So the the story I can tell you is my on my PSA 10 that I just posted the other day, um, the gold Felix Raphael and Connections card. It's a number one of 10. Uh, gold came back at PSA, PSA 10. Uh, extremely excited for that. That's a prime example. I bought a card from Uzi's collectibles. I bought the F25 orange for a hundred, whatever it was, 20 bucks, I think 115 graded it. So I was in another 20 bucks for the grade on that came back at 10, sold it, took that money, um, sold that to Malik. He, uh, helped me. Obviously I took that money. I bought the gold, uh, from Asia, which was a gamble given that I didn't have the card in hand to look at it, to inspect it, to see if it would 10, to my eyes, it looked good on the pictures I had seen. I thought maybe there was a little centering issue, but not enough to deter it from becoming a PSA 10. I had earmarked it as a PSA 9, uh, just to give you kind of full transparency. I was like, I'll take a 9. I don't care. I love the card. The card's great. It's something I'll keep in my collection. Came back at 10. What's the value on this card now? I'm not sure. Um, could be, uh, I probably earmarked it maybe around 1K, uh, eight to, uh, eight, 800 to $1,000, I think. Gold is just, one of those things. So all in all into this card, I'm basically $115 into it uh, at the end of the day, which was my initial purchase of the orange. I've upgraded as I've gone. And I encourage you guys to start kind of doing those things. I'm doing the same with Felix. I've sold two of his um, of 99 rookies the last few weeks of PSA 9 and then a BGS 9.5. Thank you to those guys who did purchase me, did purchase from me. Um, most recently, Cartamaglia on Instagram, who purchased the BGS 9.5. I now have another one available. I have a um, PSA 10 uh, Blue Refractor. Last one sold for $4.85. I'm making that available. If you're interested, send me a DM. I'm making these available to basically upgrade to the next level. And that's kind of my new positioning in the hobby. Even at shows, you're seeing a lot of people not buy, but they're looking for trades. So with trade, same idea. You have to be smart and you have to think about what is going to work um, to help you get to that level. It's very important. Um, you know, one of the things that, and, and I talk about patience quite a bit a lot uh, of, um, you know, the meaning behind being patient. And I know we're in a market where people want to flip, they want to be liquid, they want to have liquid cards to move on to the next one and so forth. I myself don't sell enough uh, to really do that. I've started to kind of take this approach. What I said was upgrading cards as I go along because I think it's important to do that um, for yourself. If you can upgrade and move on to the next one that you're doing yourself uh, some service, but be patient, grade your cards, send them to PSA, get them back, hold them, do whatever, send them to the PWCC vault if you want have them store them. When you're ready to sell, you can sell. Quick thing on that, PWCC. They had some layoffs apparently this week. I don't think anybody should freak out. Again, um, some bad press for them doing layoffs over Zoom meetings. But again, if we were in the COVID era, that would be normalcy, uh, but we're not. So there is some human uh, and, you know, um, my deepest um, kind of apologies for those people that did lose their jobs at PWCC. I do like PWCC. Um, but it's a business world and this is what happens. Uh, and it seems like, uh, the rumors and these are just rumors, but there's been rumors that, uh, PTO wasn't paid out. Um, 
hate to be the other side of the coin here, but sometimes PTO does not get paid out. It depends on the state's laws uh, and what you signed uh, with the with the company. Um, I've experienced it before where there's certain, uh, they don't have to pay you out for certain days and it's really complicated. It's kind of an HR thing that needs to be looked at, uh, I think, further. I think pay time off should always be paid regardless, but uh, in some states and in some companies, this happens. So it kind of, um, you know, I hate to say it is what it is. It's a business world. It really sucks. But back to my initial kind of topic on PWCC, you guys realize if you send your cards to PWCC, they'll store them, insure them, and vault them for free. Um, you can sell on their platform, but you can also sell on eBay. So you can take the images off their website, post them on eBay. Uh, they'll package everything for you. They'll send it out for you insured. Uh, so, you know, there is a cost associated with that. But, you know, in the same respects, um, you're kind of paying for that service. I've done it quite a few times uh, just because I don't want that high-end cards like that or car, a lot of cards stored at my house for obvious reasons. Uh, you could have a break-in, you could have a fire, you could have a natural disaster. Um, I encourage you guys to start to look at that and use that marketplace to your advantage. You can do that easily. There is a big card listed um, on the PWCC Weekly this this week uh, from my good buddy uh, Zips Cards. Um, he is... Um, let me remember his Instagram here. Uh, it is uh, at uh, Zips Cards, Z-I-P-S Cards. He's got a Pedri Gold of 50 auto on the PWCC. It's ending this week. I think bids are around 440 already, which is great for him. Hopefully he does really well with that card. That card should probably do anywhere from 15 to 2,500 in these markets. I think I told him initially it's probably a 15 to $1,800 card. Um, congrats to him. Hope he does well with it. Um, but take a look at that card if you are interested uh, in that card. Um, next thing I want to talk about. So we've seen that um, Bleacher Breaks, whomever they are, uh, it looks like they've kind of taken cards from people from Breaks. Listen, guys, um, I encourage you, um, you know, when you're breaking with folks, make sure you know what you're doing, uh, who, who you're dealing with. Uh, if people are taking cards, specifically, you know, high-end cards, one-of-ones, things of that nature, and then they show up later in repacks, I don't even want to get into it. I don't want to give them the press. I don't want to just be careful. Common sense, use it. Um, protect yourself. It's really difficult to, to, to basically replace a one-of-one one from whatnot if you pull it in a break and then the breaker steals it and... You know, what's what not going to do, refund you your money or are they going to pay you? I mean, especially in this market where there's a market where there's a declining market, obviously. But you have to be careful. So um, take that into consideration and try to understand who you're working with, who you're dealing with and um, how to approach it, really. Um, some backstory on that breaker I participated in with the first edition uh, that he didn't send me any of my base rookies uh, out of the three teams I had in that break. He is sending me kind of a stack of them, which I do really appreciate. Shout out to him. I'm not going to name his name yet until I get the stuff, and then we'll uh, we'll name him um, and give him some good press on that. Lastly, not lastly, but um, I'm hoping to, that I can upload the interview uh, to this episode. But um, 
PSA nines, uh, and I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but I, I really, I've said this so many times, I think PSA nines present such a huge opportunity right now. I was having a discussion with a good friend this morning regarding PSA nines and why raw is like right there. Um, the markets kind of, I think the markets turned into, I want all tens. Um, my, in my perspective, I am looking at, um, the perspective of saying PSA nines present an opportunity, a long-term opportunity. I'm not talking a year from now. I'm not talking six months from now. I'm talking, let's say greater than two years. PSA nines present a really good opportunity for any releases after 2020. Releases prior to 2020. So you have like 2019 Chrome with Holland in it. You had 18 with Felix and Sancho in it. Um, I think those early on kind of soccer sets uh, pre 2019 and 2019, present huge opportunity, even if they're not tens. Um, those cards, those numbers, you can actually do really well. Um, again, I encourage you, if you're on eBay or whatever platform, go in, lowball these people. Worst case, they say no. Uh, you can come to an agreement eventually and try to agree on a price for a card uh, based on um, what you feel compelled to pay for it. So. You know, be be wary of that. Be wary of what uh, kind of approach you take uh, in terms of, um, you know, uh, what you're buying and what you're looking at. I think PSA nines present a huge opportunity right now um, for collectors. Uh, you know, I stated the first edition uh, black foils, the of tens. They're so they're priced really low right now. Um, in my eyes, a lot of rookies under hundred bucks. I don't think you can beat that. I think if you're smart, you buy them, you grade them, whatever. If they come back a nine or whatever, or a 10, you put them away and you hold them. A lot of the rookies in this class aren't going to pop off immediately. Uh, Garnacho's pricing is expensive. I think his number's already baked in. Uh, we're, we've already baked in that kind of pricing into what he's done or what he's going to do. Same thing with Jimenez. His, his, his pricing is kind of high as well, I think. Uh, but the... Uh, Mexican uh, fan base is a very big fan base that you have to remember that these folks are um, big fans, as I am a big fan of Portugal, and they have a strong market. They have a big nation, so there are a lot of fans um, there. So, you know, consider those um, those things. I mean, a few things I kind of want to recap here. Are, number one, don't buy Topps flagship uh, if you are planning to try to make money. It's a huge gamble. You're going to lose. If you're a collector, it's great. Um, if you end up pulling some like low number stuff, great. I didn't really, I pulled a few rookies that were like numbered to 299. There was nothing spectacular. I had a, a Muller that's numbered to, I think, 199. I don't even know. I may even do like a, a whatnot live pretty soon with a, a lot of like dollar singles and just, you know, um, give them to collectors that want them. Uh, so be smart, be wary of what you're doing. Um, you know, giving you a quick example of what some of these are doing. You look at a, um, and I kind of want to go over the pricing again uh, of some of the big sales that we've seen. Um, the uh, Dembele, uh, that's a big sale. First edition sold for, for 425 bucks, uh, foil fractor. So the foil fractors continue to do well. A Tenali Auto, 375. And I think I posted some of these on my Instagram. You guys may have seen some of the, Post regarding uh, that the Jimenez sold for two seventy and of twenty five, um, you know, and then you have enough ten that sold for two sixty five ten days later after that. So there you go. 
So you had a Santiago Jimenez, number two of 25, sold for $270 on April 17th. Then on April 27th, and of 10, sold for 265. So you're seeing the market kind of crash and come back to stabilization. Don't have FOMO if you miss out on something. Do not have FOMO. Be patient, guys. Don't just buy something to buy something. Unless you're a collector and you need it, then I get it. Um, I myself, I kind of lean towards the Donruss right now. After a few weeks, I really like first edition for better, but I'm leaning more towards the Onrus, the Donruss stuff, particularly the, the optic in there, the optic hollows and the optic numbered stuff. I'm really preferring that stuff right now. Um, can't explain it. Over the last few days, I've kind of had my mind changed on some things and I'm getting there. I think each set will basically do well. And if you look at the rookies, I, again, I promise you guys a breakdown of the rookies. I'm still kind of looking at these numbers to see where it makes sense. I just haven't really kind of made sense of anything yet. Uh, so you'll have to kind of wait on that, but um, I think it's important to look at that. Lastly, I want to talk a little bit about um, upcoming champions league, uh, the semifinals, you've entered AC Milan, Real Madrid and um, Manchester City, obviously a rematch of last year. Here's my advice. If you're trying to make kind of short-term flip money, you have to start looking at the potential players that will blow up in these games. Uh, first, let's look at the Real Madrid side and um, in the Manchester City game. For Madrid, obviously, you have to look at Vinny Jr. You have to look at Benzema. You have to look at Rodrigo. You have to look at Camavinga. Um, Valverde, they have a lot of players you could potentially try to uh, gamble and make some money if they score a goal in uh, in one of those games. You potentially see some price movement. I think Vinny Jr. right now is maybe the third best player in the world. Uh, fourth best, maybe, I don't know, third uh, right there. Uh, you know, with Holland and Mbappe, uh, I still think Mbappe is the best player in the world. I'm not going to say Holland's the best. I think it's probably 1-1-A right now. Um but you have to consider into the fact that you have potential big superstars of the future here, Vinny Jr. and Holland in that game. Those are guys you could take uh, a shot on. Holland, I think you have to come in cheap enough to try to make that money uh, to flip it. His market's kind of been baked in already too. Um, some of the dark horses, obviously, uh, with City, uh, it's hard to kind of, you know, if Kevin De Bruyne does so much and his pricing is just doesn't do anything. Um, Julian Alvarez, uh, potentially, uh, his pricing, I think, is moderated a little bit. So there may be an opportunity there um, in terms of them. And then Phil Foden, uh, I haven't looked at his pricing lately, but I imagine his pricing has probably fallen off as of late. But let's say he has a big game or comes into one of those games, hasn't played a whole lot the last few games. Um, then you have another opportunity there. Uh, and even a Cole Palmer who's been coming off the bench, um, you just never know. Um you know, Real Madrid, I talked about uh, the big guy could be Rodrigo for them, who had that big semifinal last year against them. Um, and, um, you know, you saw the bump and spike in his pricing. Uh, and I had kind of warned of that and foreshadowed that months before. The other game, AC Milan, Inter Milan, there aren't as many opportunities there because I think the hobby is kind of um, sour, specifically on uh inter milan i don't think there's a lot of opportunity there but i think uh with ac milan rafael leon was still i still think a big big opportunity for people um scores goals he's electric on the field he's a big guy he runs at defenders we saw him do it again over this last weekend um 
does it. He just continually does it. And let's see if he can focus. You know, Zlatan told him, I guess Leon had Zlatan listen to some of uh, uh, his music. Uh, I didn't realize Rafael was trying to produce rap music too. And Zlatan told him to stick to playing soccer and understanding the game and becoming better. So, which I thought was quite funny. But Leon presents a huge opportunity. And then Sandro Tonali. What can we say about this guy? Probably one of the best midfielders in the world, no question. Um, huge opportunity there. Um, you know, his pricing, I remember selling a, an auto of his. It was a PSA 9 for like 30 bucks on whatnot a few months back. Shout out to whoever got that, stole it from me. Um, but you have to take a look at some of the players that could have potential implications in you know, those games. Uh, for Inter, I don't see a lot of opportunity to enter. Maybe Nicolo Barello is another midfielder, though. So, you know, in some cases, people might not consider it. I think he's one of the best midfielders in the world right now at the moment, too. Uh, Lotaro Martinez, who is, which I don't understand his pricing either, because um, he's only got really one rookie card, and I think it's out of Chronicles in 2018, or no, 2019, maybe. Or maybe it's the year before. Um, I'd have to go back and kind of research that, but uh, he could present an opportunity. So you have to start looking. If you're kind of that short-term flip guy that can make moves quick, this is where you do it in these semifinals games where players have um, huge impact. I, again, I think Liao is the one out of all the guys I've talked about with the most opportunity to gain here. I don't think his market would hurt if he lost. Um, potentially, I don't think it would. I think his pricing is really stable. It's been stable for a few months now. Um, so even if he loses, I think it's a little less risky than some of the other guys that we've talked about. So take a look at those guys and, and start to kind of consider if you're in that game of buying and then selling right away, this could be your chance. All right. So this section of the show, I wanted to kind of go over some notable sales, uh, really kind of I stated earlier in the episode that I hadn't kind of done all my homework yet on the rookies. I continuously am trying to do that, but I want to see if we get maybe even a month in, then look at some sales. I talked about Santiago Jimenez, for example, previously on that, you know, the of 25 and then the of 10 sold uh, 10 days later for almost the same price. So uh, let's give it another like week or two till we break that down and look at it. But from the tops first edition, some early notable sales. If you did not see my post this week on Instagram, you had a Sandro Tonali uh, Red Auto, which is numbered to five, obviously. Sold for 220 on the 17th of April. You had a Santiago Jimenez, the same card we talked about earlier, the Orange of 25. I believe it was actually number two of 25. Sold on the 17th for $270. You had a Frankie de Young Full Fractor, uh, one of one, obviously. April 3rd, sold for 325 Pretty healthy number for a one of one for a veteran player especially a player at barcelona obviously that kind of shows indications that one of one the rookies are going to do pretty well from this set that's kind of a really good barometer to take a look at so keep that in mind if you end up pulling a foil fractor congratulations um so that's tops kind of early notable sales if we look at um donruss uh you had an early holland gold of 10 which is the card with him in his norway kit it sold on the 22nd for $1,400. Crazy sale. Um, you had a uh, Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, dual auto, uh, two of two. Um, on the 19th, it sold for $1,150. A beautiful game, dual auto. 
you had a card that I really want for my collection too. Hopefully I can pull one or or get one at some point. Uh, Zinedine Zidane Kaboom uh, on April 20th sold for 920. Again, none of these are graded, so it's kind of uh, a good way to look at what's going on with the market. And I'm going to look at that Kaboom market further as we get uh, more sales kind of to look at and analyze. So the Zidane 920, I think that's pretty healthy. Um, I'd love to have that card. Uh, card I really like. And then one that I found really interesting was the Timothy Weah Beautiful Game Auto 1 of 1 uh, on April 20th sold for $750. So seems like that's pretty healthy in terms of um, a 1 of 1. It's an auto, uh, nice card. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it went for that high actually because for me personally, I probably... I'm probably not buying that at that price. Um, you know, I did grab a few things also the last uh, few weeks. You've probably seen me post some stuff. Um, I grabbed the Benzema, Kareem Benzema uh, sticker, PSA 9, obviously. Um, it's got about 271, I think, are graded uh, around that. I still think that's a very low pop number. Obviously, a 10 is always better to have, but the 9 presented itself. It was a good opportunity for me to go in at. Uh, I also, um, trying to think, of, I did do a PSA sub. I got some stuff back. You've seen me post some of that stuff on my stories. There is one Enzo Tops Deco PSA 10 still available for $35 shipped. Um, I have two PSA 9s, actually one PSA 9 that I'm making available to for anybody that wants it at my cost, $24 shipped. Uh, so basically it was my grading cost. So if you want that and if you want something little uh cheaper uh than you take a shot buy it i also recently bought a bernardo silva uh rookie sticker out of panini foot 2014 psa 9 i think i paid 40 bucks for that card i bought a ronaldo world cup uh sticker from 2006 it is a psa 9 as well and i think i got a really good deal on that at 60 bucks so you know, I bought a few stickers lately because I like some of the early stuff and some of them, those are the only guys, those are the only cards they have for rookies. So for me, it's kind of an opportunity. Um, I got a recent sub back from PSA. I got a Jude Bellingham PSA 10 and a Shuameni, um PSA 10 as well. Sticker out of the World Cup, Panini's, the, the Graybacks, which are your kind of um, base uh, that came out of the Panini World Cup sticker packs. As usual, stickers are really hard to grade. These guys are the Bellingham that's a pop two. There's only two tens available. One of them is mine, which is great. And the Shoe Many, there's only one. So um, not sure what I'm going to do with those. If you are a collector of either guy, hit me up. We can work something out. I can be very reasonable on those for people if they really want them. I'm inclined to hold them just because it's their first World Cup, and I kind of value that uh, over the long term. But we'll see. Um, but if anybody is interested in those, let me know. I'm happy to kind of make a deal uh, on those. Um, kind of some final thoughts. We had some um, discussions today over Top's flagship. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be frank and honest. Even after I talked a little bit about it during the episode, I I, I just wouldn't buy it um, unless you want something that's cost effective to rip and have fun with. Then sure, do it. Uh, but if not, um, if you're looking for more value stuff then or stuff to, to make money on, then you got to wait for Chrome. So, But again, I think it's important to note that a lot of these rookies are not going to just blow up overnight. It's going to take some time, so be patient. 
haven't gotten any questions from you guys of late. I would love to get those uh, questions sent to me. So shoot me a DM with your questions. Um, I'm hoping that I can add an interview to this episode uh, before I publish it. Um, still waiting to get back uh, from the, the guests so we can record um, separately to add to the episode. If in fact it adds, um, stay listening. If you don't hear the theme music, that means it is on the episode. Uh, if you do, uh, if you do hear an interview after this kind of talk here, then um, then it's on there, which will be great. If not, it'll be on next week's episode. We'll we'll add it to next week. Um, I'm also uh, again, I know I've said this a few weeks now, thinking about getting doing another break, uh, but I want to do something different. Um, I want to add some stuff to it. I think not necessarily cards uh, per se. Um, I'm thinking about doing a break, maybe a one box break to test this out with either a jersey or an autograph ball. Um, let me know your thoughts on that, if people would be interested in that and doing something like that. I'm really kind of trying to uh, kind of separate myself. I'm not a regular breaker, but once in a while I will do it if the price is right. So we'll see what we can find uh, in terms of adding something into a break that might be fun um, to get people in there. Obviously, I don't want to lose money. I also don't need to make money. I need to break even, ideally, uh, on this. My uh, point in doing breaks usually is to grow the hobby, grow the viewership, grow the audience for myself as well. Um, and that's really kind of the goal. So let me know your thoughts on that. Send me DMs if you guys would be open to something like that. And, and that's kind of me cheating because the hockey folks, they're smart. They add autographed jerseys to a lot of their breaks. Um, I'm just trying to think of other ways. Uh, and soccer autographed jerseys are tough to get because of the price tag on them. Uh, not necessarily a North American thing, but uh, in terms of regular jerseys, it might be fun to do that. Uh, but an autograph ball, I do have an autograph ball that I'm thinking about adding to a break if, uh, you know, if all things uh, kind of hold true and uh, we can fill a break and do that type of thing. So um, I'm going to leave you guys at that. Hopefully I'm able to upload this interview. Hopefully we do the interview so I can upload it. If not, uh, then it is what it is and we'll have it for next week, but we'll add um, that interview to next week's episode should uh, I get that recording done uh, in time. If not, this episode has been fun. If you have any more questions, let me know. Again, thank you for your patience. I will be breaking down the rookies, you know, maybe either next episode or the episode after. I'm going to shoot for the episode after, so we have a little more data. Uh, at that point, we'll be over, about over a month on for Flagship and about over a month on Donruss. So it'll kind of give us a better way to look at things with a better kind of perspective and our feet on the ground versus initial release. So until then, make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at special one cards. Make sure you follow me on whatnot. Same name there. I do have a Twitter with the same name. I'm just not that active on it. Um, but any interactions will be great. Uh, any questions, anything you guys see on my stories. Um, I do have prices up, but everything's negotiable. I'm willing to work with people. You know, I'm not greedy. I'm here to help where I can. And if I have room, I do uh, potentially give you that room. So until next week, thank you guys for checking out episode 26. Looking forward to um, hearing from some of you in my DMs. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Special One Cards. Join us again next week. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Special One Cards. DM me any questions, concerns, hobby rants, or experiences you've had at shows online. Something for us to kind of talk about a little bit more. 
Again, thank you for the support. I really do appreciate it.